Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today we are re-recording and covering... Nope. <laughs> In our backstock of recordings out of like the 30, we, we've just lost one. And knock on wood, that's going to be the only ones that we lose. <laughs> Better be. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Jess might blow up. <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> I might too, though. To be fair, we're so, we're just slowly losing our sanity. It's okay, just a bit. <laughs> but before we go into the review, let's grab our cups and talk about tea. So, Plum Deluxe was kind enough to have us try more tea. So I am drinking the Plum Deluxe Calm Chamomile Bloom Herbal Tea. It's got green rubos, chamomile, rose, lavender, lemongrass, and lemon balm. And mm. I'm using a merch mug that I'm it's reversed unfortunately for the OBS, but it says tea first and then stream. So this I honestly whenever I got this mug uh from Teespring I was really impressed with the pattern. Like, we did freaking good on this one, I gotta say. Well, thank you. I so, worked hard on that. Yeah, just did real good. <laughs> but what are you drinking today? I am drinking from the mug that V got us. Shameless plug to <laughs> Yes. And I'm drinking Bigelow's Chamomile Vanilla and Honey Herbal Tea. And it's got chamomile, natural vanilla, and honey flavors with other natural flavors and licorice root. So we were along the same lines today. <laughs> yeah. With like, I saw that chamomile tea. I'm like, Ooh. but, and, and I don't know if you noticed, but Plum Deluxe actually freaking camera. Well, actually it's Discord's fault this time. Uh, they changed up their packaging. I actually yeah, really like it. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah. It's more like, it's more neutral, but it's, yeah, I like it. But thank you so much to Plum Deluxe for continuing to allow us to do what we love and for our <laughs> Sorry, for, <a> cheer. <laughs> for our tea sippers out there, brew yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the review. So for Jordan Peele's Nope, the residents of an isolated gulch in California find themselves under attack by a unique UFO-like that one I actually yep. modified from IMDb, so it's in my own. I mean that time. that's it. That's yeah, yeah. That's that's the movie. Yeah, IMDb. I for I had the summary from them, but uh, anyways, for for entertainment, I will say that since this is the second recording of this movie, uh, I watched it for a second time. And I will say the first time I watched it, I was pretty disappointed, especially comparing this movie to Get Out and Us. However, watching it a second time, I definitely appreciate it a lot more, but can still see quite a few flaws that aren't really found in the his last two films. 
So for entertainment, I give this a seven. I the I like that the characters are sympathetic. I know in the beginning the sister at first comes off as uncaring, but you actually eventually learn that uh, there's a situation where she was supposed to be given a horse, and instead her father uh, trained the horse with her brother. So I I feel like that's kind of the moment where because it's like she's off doing her own thing, and it was used on on a set. Yeah. For like a movie. So it wasn't given to her. It was yeah, basically given to movie production. Yeah. So I think from that situation, it's safe to infer that at that moment, she felt like, you know, her father was maybe putting the business in front of her. Even like maybe her brother felt like maybe her father favored her brother over her. And that could have been the pivotal moment where she decided she didn't want to be a part of the family business so it's like I really do like the characters how like there's a few characters that at first you're like I'm not sure if I like them but then they end up growing on you when you find when they dig a little deeper and you figure out a little bit more about their character I also find it found it kind of interesting that Ricky or or Jupe is (laughs) is what he's mainly known as used his trauma with Gordy to capitalize on Jupiter's claim. Like he essentially used his trauma to make a make a fortune off of it, which I thought was interesting. But it's like with It's definitely unusual. With like with a lot of if you think about it, the alien is supposed to be and this is interesting. So I actually found out that the alien, whenever it goes from its UFO form to the more like the second form where it's more like flowy, um, mm-hmm. that actually is inspired by an old camera design where it's like you've got the the flash and then the the mouth part is like the lens. So it it literally is supposed to represent the camera of Hollywood, and so I find it, it interesting because. Essentially, Jupe is capitalizing on his trauma, but in a lot of ways, Hollywood uses people's trauma to capitalize on themselves. So I feel like there's some parallels there, potentially. Yeah, and this is kind of coming back to some stuff I had mentioned in the other recording, but it's like I had found an article where they were stating that the, that the movie is really about Hollywood, how not only are black people forgotten and not given enough credit in Hollywood, but how like it spits people out when it's done with them. But I feel like since it, it it doesn't just show black people also shows like the cameraman, uh, of course, Jupe, the fat, and then just like regular viewer or regular, uh, the people at the members. Yeah. It's like audience members, how it just ate all of them and spit them back out. Uh, I think is kind of kind of interesting and very telling on what you know Jordan Peele feels about Hollywood. So my <laughs> my my more critique though of the movie is the different title cards. Now someone theorized that because Jordan Peele like his favorite movie apparently or one of his favorite movies is The Shining, and someone thinks that the title cards from The Shining where it's like each day of the week. As it's progressing, um, Jordan Peele is like, oh, we are going to put a name of a different horse. And so it's 
kind of like a reflection of The Shining. But to me, and even rewatching it and understanding how the stories connect together, it still kind of kills the flow of the movie for me. Um, and especially like in each section, like each section will be parts where it really gets going and you're like, oh, I want to know more. And then it cuts and then it moves to a section that's like a lot slower paced. And yeah, it makes it choppy. Yeah. So it kind of goes the back and forth between like super exciting and engaging to like, oh, can we skip this part? <laughs> but I will say like, even though overall this isn't a very scary movie, um, it did have some very eerie moments, like the the fake aliens in the barn or the alien over the house where you hear the scream suddenly stop and then the rain of blood. That that was a good scene. Like, ooh. And it, just like overall, it's just an interesting take on an alien movie. And there's so much symbolism in this movie. Like, for example, Jupiter's Claim. Jordan Peele actually came out and said that Jupiter's Claim uh, actually symbolizes how Hollywood tones down and sanitizes Western uh, old you know, Western times when it was a very brutal time. They make it seem like oh, like oh, it's such a Fun. yeah. And so, and then there's just so much minute detail in the movie reinforcing the themes and the the symbolism and stuff like that. Like I'm not, I'm obviously not going to go over every single thing. But just keep your eyes very watchful in this movie and you'll see a lot of parallels. I also found it interesting that the alien and Gordy, the monkey, had a lot of uh, parallels in how like you're not you're not you can't look at them in the eyes. Otherwise, you'll get killed. The fact that it was such a rare it's like such a rare incident and it causes like terrible tragedy along with it. So it's just like the. It's a very like multi-layered movie, but also so simple at the same time. It's just ah. <laughs> Anyways, so it's like I, I I do like the fact that's a a different take on an alien movie, and I can definitely appreciate the symbolism. But comparing it, I hate comparing it. But it's like we have to have some sort of bar, you know. So comparing it to Get Out and Us, this just didn't quite hit the mark to me. So. It's like, I I definitely feel like it's worth the watch or a couple of watches, but I'm probably not going to come back to it very often. I would go to one of his other movies. Yeah, I definitely agree. As far as this movie is concerned, I enjoyed watching it and I have a lot of fun watching it, but rating it as a horror movie, it gets a lower score for me than if I was rating it as like a sci-fi movie. Like, just straight science fiction. As a horror movie, I'd give it a 6.5. It's not scary at all. There's some oh crap moments, but honestly, for the most part in this movie, I was laughing. Like, it's a fun movie. It is a fun movie. They've got a lot of humor in it. They've got a lot of relatable scenes. They've got, um, I mean, even their drama bit is is very relatable and real. Yeah. But it doesn't, like, hit super, super hard of uh, making you want to cry or <laughs> being super uncomfortable. It's just everyday life kind of stuff. I know someone um, described this movie as a neo-Western, and I can definitely see where they're 
I could see that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the scenes that hits the hardest for me is just the hopelessness that the main character feels when he's trying to help his dad. Yeah, that was... After the freak incident of a nickel being shot into the guy's skull right behind his eye and him bleeding out in his truck as he's trying desperately to get him to some kind of clinic or ER or something, anything that's close by that can help him. And you can tell, like, in the drive there, it's not good. He's not doing well. (laughs) Yeah, and I love how they also make it a point to show how he's continuously trying to keep his dad's legacy alive. And it's it's heartbreaking because it's like at that point in time, his dad's been gone for about six months and just their their farm is falling apart around him and he's doing everything he can to try and keep Mm -hmm. the family business going. Because, I mean, it's not just their legacy, which is obviously really important because that's a a huge part of the movie, but it's also like it's their livelihood. Yeah, and it was what was so important to their dad. Mm-hmm. So it's like if they lose that, then what else do they have of their father? Yeah. And so it it there's an extra layer of like sadness and heartbreak there. Because like you well, can't feel the it's not just that. It's the fact that he doesn't really have time to fully grieve. He has yeah. to keep the ranch going. It's just him working on it. They never show any ranch hands or anything else, anyone else on that ranch. There's no other help. It's just him. So he's isolated out there, except when his sister occasionally comes by and it seems pretty rare and the horses and that's it. So and he has to keep that business going, which is hard to do anyway under the best of circumstances it's a tough business and there's a hell of a lot of competition so he can't afford to stay out of the game for long so he's dealing with his dad's death alone as best he can while trying desperately to keep everything running and it's just too much it's too much so that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, that's those are the the scenes that really hit me the hardest. Um, I did appreciate them showing that in the scene where you see the daughter's horse, or what was supposed to be the daughter's horse being trained, the brother recognizes the situation. It sucks, but he gets both sides of it. And he wants to at least acknowledge the sister and how much it sucks for her. So while the dad is 100% focused on training the horse, the brother still looks back at the sister and acknowledges her and what she's going through. I also found it really interesting, too, how like, whenever the brother and sister are talking about their their father and the memories of him, it's obvious that, you know, he wasn't the the perfect father but how they how each of them dealt with that differently like oj was more like you know that's how it was just Mm kind of like accepting it and just not really trying to fight with it while the sister 
was like more like processing it like that really sucked and like trying to like having to acknowledge how crappy that particular situation was and that's how she was processed yeah that being said though (laughs) the humor in this movie (laughs) is just top notch (laughs) like the the interactions between the main characters the siblings and also with the tech guy (laughs) yes who is honestly a little pushy oh yeah that, that's and nice just thing. just a bit like so nosy and all up in their business and just like invites himself into their situation to I know it's mostly to help but also they told you to stay out of it dude <laughs> and he's over here looking at their camera feed without them knowing yeah. and like yeah yeah and after they had already told him don't <laughs> Like, that's an invasion of privacy. Just, you know, offhand, that's one thing wrong with it. There's so many things wrong with it. But that's one of the biggest. Um, But it is still funny watching him interact (laughs) with the sibling. And when the the kids from Jupiter's Claim try to prank OJ, and he sees the stuff, and he's just like, nope. (laughs) And backs up, like, "Mm -mm." Not today. Perfect reaction. <laughs> yeah, accurate. Um, little surprised he didn't bring a gun or some kind of weapon with him because, again, that is their livelihood. And he doesn't have many horses left. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we'll get to a lot of that in the realism. His reaction, though, otherwise was was pretty spot on and hilarious and relatable. And um, the the paparazzi or investigative journalist camera guy that came in from TMZ. Um, That made sense. There's a lot of stuff going on with Jupiter's claim. It makes sense that there's going to be people asking neighbors nearby or residences nearby what happened, if they noticed anything, um, if they had heard anything, anything like that. So... And not giving a crap that he was on private property and driving through it or anything. But the humor, the humor, when he hits the the dead zone and flies off the motorcycle. The ultimate karma. With a little squeal. Gets <laughs> me every single time I watch this movie. Every single time, I always have to back it up at least once just to rewatch that one scene. Oh my goodness. So, whoever played that part, they never actually showed their face. Top notch there. That was wonderful. Great job. Top notch. I also found it interesting. I didn't exactly understand it, but it could be like some symbolism thing I wasn't getting, but like. How the guy was sitting there injured and he was just so obsessed with like, are you filming this? Are you filming this? Like Because it sells. Yeah. Like all the way up to hey, his death. Injury and death sells, unfortunately. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, the fact that they never showed his face was another device that they used because he's just another he's a faceless cameraman. That's true. 
Well, he's one of many paparazzi or investigative journalists. And great. I understand that a lot of them would want to hide their face because the way they go about things a lot of times is not the friendliest. And they could easily get some backlash, especially if people know who they are. So I get that, but also just the fact that there's so many out there and they're all vying for their spot. They're they're 15 minutes of fame after they've gotten that one shot, their their two minute clip. Yeah. So of going viral. So I I get it. <laughs> Well, and it wasn't you explaining about the cameras and we're talking about how mm -hmm. like the, the fries guy like was looking at the footage without their permission. I this might be me looking a little bit too deep, but I wonder if that could potentially signify like celebrities where it's like they're constantly being watched even without their permission and they have like Possibly. But yeah, like I said, that could be looking a little bit too deep. He was it. being super nosy about it, like to the point of spying. So he in and of itself became kind of a paparazzi almost or a stalker almost. Yeah. Very close. <laughs> but also, I wonder if he was initially thinking if he got the footage first, if he could profit off of it. Yeah, yeah. like a, a so. lot of this movie is how to profit off of things, like how to profit off the horses, which is a little bit ironic how the father died with a coin in his head when he was selling horses to make money. I'm sure that was not on purpose. The footage of the UFO being like, you know, not just like the cameraman, like not just like, you know, as a cameraman, this would be amazing to be able to guess you have an alien, but the fame and fortune along with it, and uh, just a lot of re repeated themes in this movie. Yeah. So, all in all, very entertaining to watch. It is one that, if you're not that into super scary movies, this would be a good one. It's a lot of fun to watch with a group, just watching the siblings snipe at each other. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like this would be a good movie to watch with a group of people that likes to watch fun movies, but also love films in general and likes critically thinking about films. Yeah. Because that way it's like you can laugh at the fun parts, but then you can have a discussion about like the symbolism and metaphors in, in the movie. Definitely. I took so long in entertainment because I don't got squat for real. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. I was wondering, you were going on and on for entertainment. I couldn't entertainment. think of anything for realism. <laughs> like, there's parts of it that I don't find realistic. Like, I find it a little bit weird that the alien itself would be transforming into a ship. And then, like, the way that transforms and stuff, like, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, why I mean... that shape in particular? Well, it's an alien, so I didn't count off for that. It's more compact and aerodynamic the other way. Uh, when it's more flowy, it's a lot more intimidating. Yeah. And it was, at that point, perceiving threats That's and was true. being very territorial. So That's that true. made sense to me. How it generated a cloud 
around itself. Yeah. That never changed or moved like was the, something that I didn't quite get. Yeah, see, they kind of trick you because in that scene, it, it makes it seem like it's more like a, a typical alien where it's like, oh, they have the technology to camouflage themselves. But then yeah. you find out that it's actually an animal. And so, yeah, that, that doesn't really fit the narrative of it being an animal. That more fits the aliens. Have yeah, like, I mean, yeah. and I, I also understand that in the animal kingdom, many different types of animals find ways to camouflage themselves. That I understand. But the fact that the cloud around it never changed at all, when clouds are supposed to be water vapor that are constantly changing, like it never changed shape. Yeah ever so that made no sense yeah but like the the way that jupe like capitalizes on his own trauma because it's like you know it's kind of like it's like that makes sense yeah it's like money money heals all wounds if you have enough of it you know (laughs) you can at least afford therapy right but yeah or like the and then especially like the dynamic between the brother and the sister and how they have very different experiences of their father and how they think of the family business and how they like process like the grief. Yeah. I'd say the least realistic character is probably the Fry's guy. Just how like over the top he is. I mean, he is obviously like I mean, an enthusiast, but I can still kind of see that personality type. Yeah. So he was still somewhat realistic. I feel like they probably would have threatened him with some kind of lawsuit at least once. This is random, but did you notice that the Fry's Electronics, that store theme was UFO? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's nothing too terribly unrealistic. It's mostly the logistics of the alien itself that I can think of. But like a this movie, this movie just makes my brain mush when it comes to. <laughs> it's like my brain. It, I can either think of it as an artful film or a realistic film, and I it's hard for me to cross cross the two. So I, I on this review, Across I went the all streams. Art. So, um, yeah, I'll. So for realism, I'll I'll throw out a real, I'll give it a two point five. Okay, well I wasn't gonna be that. Okay, harsh, I'll but... give it a three. <laughs> three point five. Yeah, I was gonna give it a three. <laughs> I was gonna give it a three. Uh, the interactions themselves are very realistic. Um, the fact that OJ has to keep that business going, even though he is trying to grieve, but just doesn't have time to grieve. And process it and everything. He's just had this business dumped on him out of nowhere before he was ready. Um, yeah. That that's accurate. Um, the sister having like twenty side gigs and side hustles, just trying to figure out what she wants to do, but stay away from the business enough that she's trying to separate herself from her past trauma and not have to to deal with something that brings her a lot of frustration and and emotional pain that makes sense the uh 
the film industry not wanting to listen to them at first when she first calls the camera guy about making a a documentary, quote unquote, (laughs) that seems legit. Um, Him having to sell horses in order to, to keep everything going and just barely even at that. And uh, then Jupiter's claim, you don't find out until later that the horses are gone. They have been fed to the thing, (laughs) but they've been taking his livelihood when he had the assumption that he was able to buy them back in the future. Like that was his understanding was that he was basically loaning the horses to them for money with the intention of buying them back. And he was feeding them too. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, of course I didn't uh, notice it like the first time around, but the second time around I saw Jupe like, oh crap, he's talking about buying the horses back. And then he's like, oh yeah, the thing that you're interested. Yeah. Let's go talk about that. Well, it wasn't just that in one of the scenes, if you have the subtitles on, you can barely hear it unless you have the sound turned way, way up, but you can actually hear like in the very 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 far off distance at night during one of the first scenes of the alien being there and oj experiencing this stuff you can hear jupe practicing the the speech that he gives right before the alien shows up and eats all of the audience members and his family and himself you want to know a crazy thing that I had uh, no idea until I watched a video and they talked about it. So the ideal, uh, the ordeal with Gordy took six minutes and 13 seconds. And whenever he would do the show with the alien, it was at 613 every Friday. I was like, ah, oh, that's crazy. That makes sense. Like essentially like someone's theory was like, Jupe, since he was able to capitalize on his trauma with Gordy, that he was essentially figuring out is like, oh, if I know how to handle one, you know, uh, one animal, let me capitalize on this other animal, which is like, I can see the parallels, but I don't, I don't know. It's like, I don't necessarily know if he knew or realized how dangerous the alien was i don't think he did because in the um in the scene with gordy the chimp never tried to harm him yeah not once in fact he and the chimp were fairly close on the show and they had a a special thing between them they did like the exploding fist bump thing yeah and the chimp was trying to do that with him right before they killed the chimp yeah. So the chimp had, as far as we can tell, no intention of harming him. He didn't perceive Jupe as a threat. Well, and it's because he did. He never looked at him in the eyes, and that's a repeating yeah. theme throughout the movie. Is like mm-hmm. uh, with the the horses, and then the alien, and then Gordy. Yeah. But he didn't follow the rules with the alien. He thought yeah. he had everything figured out. And just he just wants the horses. He doesn't want us. So it's perfectly fine to have every single person in the area looking right at it. This is fine. And we can capitalize on it, make money and make a profit. 
yeah, no, <laughs> that's it was not a good idea. Um, he he made a very bad move that cost him, his family, and a whole bunch of other people's lives. So the horse was the only smart one. <laughs> they're very, very empathetic creatures, and they're more intelligent than people will give them credit for. And that horse was like, nah, this is not a good idea, bro. <laughs> it just stayed exactly where he was, <laughs> covered in the box and uh, <laughs> refused to go out there. It's like, there's a predator out there. I ain't leaving. <laughs> Even if it's a clear box, I ain't leaving. I don't know how it could pick up all of the the fans and leave most of the items and the horse when it was supposed to be like a huge tornado-like event, basically, yeah. um, or vacuum-type event. Yeah. Uh, if it is supposed to be like a tornado, which it did revolve much like one and have suction like one, um, it didn't rip anyone apart in the the event itself. It just sucked them up. I also don't understand how it could cause all of the electronics to suddenly die, but be able to come back as soon as it was out of range. Well, and then like which electronics died was kind of. Like the rules. It was that... all. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it like... was all electronics. And then battery devices. Yes. And batteries. Like it, they said it just cut off. Yeah. That's not how it works. <laughs> if it dies when it gets close enough, then there's something messing with it and there would be actual damage to the devices, I would think, like an EMP, which would fry them completely and they would not turn back on. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm also kind and if of... it was draining the batteries, then you would have to then charge them again for them to come back on. Mm-hmm. So for everything to just work perfectly fine when it got out of range, that it didn't make sense. Well, I also kind of am curious how the alien cause causing the loss of power relates to it supposed to represent hollywood because I, I i no idea because it's like at first i was thinking about it while we were uh was re-watching the movie i'm like well like in a theater you know you're not supposed to have your cell phone on your lights are off or the lights are off i'm like well that doesn't exactly uh so maybe i'm sure could, there's something else yeah or it could just be that they thought it was a cool idea or like you have to pay attention to it. There's nothing else to pay attention to. That's the only thing to watch in the area. Yeah. But yeah. I also found it a little odd how arbitrary the things it could digest was. Like, it, they made it seem like it could only process organic matter. But it's not throwing out clothes or anything. Yeah, it's only like, like small keys, coins. Yeah, because it's like if it was cotton clothing, then that's one thing. But if it's polyester, that that's plastic. Yeah, most of us wear something with at least a little bit of polyester. Yeah, most normal people. I, that's just what's available. Honestly, yeah. it's the tends to be the cheapest. Honestly. It is. Yeah. yeah, and most readily available. So. <laughs> I doubt in a crowd that big, everyone was wearing 100% cotton. Yeah, that's... Yeah. (laughs) I didn't... Oh my god. 
I didn't even think about that. There's, It's just very vague on the rules of what it can and cannot digest. Um, I also don't understand how you could still hear all of the screaming all of the time. Yeah, because it's like not only are they super high, but they're also inside of the thing and it's like contracting and... And, and like, they're supposed to be killed fairly quickly. I mean, I understand in the scene with the guy that had the mic on him, you can hear it through the speakers yeah. for a good while. But when they're over the ranch and they're still screaming, yeah, that makes no sense. It's like, why does it take so long? Because it's like you can hear it when it digests. Because it's like they all stop screaming at the same time. But then also, like, how fast... Because it's like, it's in there, it's, they're in there, like, being prepared to be di digested. And then whenever they all die, and then it spits out everything, it's like, it's, are they already digested already? Like, that's in a second's time. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Also, um, in Jupe's act with the alien... He said every Friday. Yeah. Like once a week, every week for six months, this has been going on, which implies that it doesn't need to feed that often. Yeah. But the way the movie presented everything, this was happening like every night. Yeah. The, the whole like timeline is kind of weird. Well, and then another thing too, that I was, Whenever he was saying that it started six months ago, I'm like, oh, that's when the dad died. Then I started to think, do they ever explain why the alien came? I don't think they do. No. Like, it, it just randomly It was just up. there. Yeah. Like, that's just so random. It chose that area. <laughs> it's like, what would it. brought yeah. it to there? And why would it come in the first place? Because it's like, if <laughs> an alien that needed to eat that much because to me it is almost like a, a snake where it eats a bunch of food and then it's like good for a little bit yeah it's like why wouldn't it like go over a city or so it could potentially be that it was drawn to that area just because of the horses mostly they're like bigger food <laughs> bigger food and not a whole lot of light pollution they were out in the middle of nowhere that's true. If it was, like, depending on its intelligence, it might be like, oh, I won't be spotted. It could. And instead of moving on, like, moving on to a different planet or a different area, it was such a favorable feeding ground that it decided to establish that as its own territory. Yeah. Because that, that happens in the wild, too. Yeah. I know that's, but, a, that's how a lot of predators, where they all kind of have their own little sections of mm -hmm. jungle. Yes. Or, yeah, it's just, it just seems a little random, though. I do definitely see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, I, I want to know the origin story of this thing. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to know, because I feel like if they go into that, then it's it definitely going to kind the, of ruin it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it also destroys the symbolism. It does. We don't need to know. It doesn't matter why it's there. It just matters that it is there and it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But that's that's most of what I got. It's 
Again, I don't understand him going out to the barn when they hear noises and all without a weapon, because that is your livelihood. But I'm also a Texas girl, so... And they're in California. (laughs) Different state and different people, different family, uh, different values. Uh, I would be coming for blood, but that's just me. (laughs) He's shooting first and asking questions never. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like... Like, overall, I, I feel like it is a movie worth watching. At least watch it twice. Yeah. So that way you can kind of, like, you already understand the, the flow of the movie and how it connects after the the first watch. But Watch the scene with the squeal at least three times. <laughs> at least three times. We need to make a <laughs> gif of that or something. Right. <laughs> Keep the noise with it. Uh, it just pops. <laughs> But besides that, like, I'll probably rewatch this movie, like, once in a great while, but there's definitely yeah. more other other movies that have, like, layers like this I would choose first over. Yeah. It's a fun one, but it's it's also not a scary one, so. Yeah. Might be a good intro into, like, creature features for someone that's kind of interested in it and wants to dip their toes in. Yeah. But it's it's not scary. <laughs> and he has some better works. Yes. Definitely. Oh. But thank but you the for... Actors always do a job. <laughs> yes, as always. <laughs> as always. They always do an amazing job in his movies, I swear. Mm-hmm. But thank you for joining us today and let us know what you thought of the movie. If you'd like to recommend a movie, game, or tea, you can leave us a comment or join our Discord. and. If you'd like to keep up to date with our content, you can find our link tree listed below. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe, like, and share our content. If you'd like to support us monetarily, we have a Teespring or a PayPal, or we have our affiliate link with Plum Deluxe available. It does not affect the price of the tea. It just allows us to continue to do what we love. And you can find all of the sites mentioned linked below. But until the next time, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye! Bye.